Hello and welcome to the Screen Chronicles. I'm Colby, with me as always is Steve. And if you're listening to us, you will know our special guest today as Lord Ethelred of Mercia from The Last Kingdom. You may also recognize him as King Francis II from Reign and as young Albus Dumbledore from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. Toby Regbo, welcome to the Screen Chronicles. Hello. Thank you for having me. You got it. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I got some good news this morning, but I can't talk okay. about it. I'm already saying something I can't talk about, but okay. Uh, okay. I've got some good, good news for, the, uh, for, for future acting projects. That was nice Excellent. to wake up to. Yeah. That's got to be nice after especially the quarantine and just not being able to get involved with anything and all the yeah. uncertainty. Yeah, it definitely felt like, like maybe there'll be no film industry again. I think like they're having to adapt and find new, new ways to, uh, um, to work around the work around the virus and have testing and trying to trying to social distance and but you know things adapt which is great so uh, we will survive absolutely so how how have things been uh, where you are right now as far as the virus and everything how is it now i don't i mean for me personally because i was i was i was in my flat for the for most of the time um it felt kind of remote i read a lot of news um but my experience of it was just i actually i actually found um the time to be to be <laughs> forced to be alone basically sure uh and to slow down especially with that acting often feels like this this you know rat race um that can cause a lot of anxiety of just being like you know i need to work i've got to work and um and actually having this kind of government sanctioned alone time <laughs> it's like yeah. you cannot work um, was actually for me personally um, great. I know it was. It's, it's obviously also at the same time a, a really, really horrible thing. Mm -hmm. um, but so, but just just to be able to sort of refocus and and see that like okay, I don't have to. I don't have to to uh, to be. I don't know forcing myself into this into into this perpetual you know work machine was actually was actually kind of was good for me i did a lot of art basically go got oh, yeah? into drawing yeah you can't see it but there's a, there's I, my uh, my basically my whole kitchen has been overtaken by art supplies nice. oh that's awesome that's awesome yeah. were you into it before or is that something you just picked up during the quarantine not really i i, I mean I, I did art at school um but i haven't I hadn't done it in years and uh, kind of dedicated dedicated myself to it in this sort of militant way <laughs> like it's not very artistic i suppose but there's a there's this thing called the new masters academy which is a website Okay. has all these teachers just just video tutorials um but some really 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 good artists like steve houston and um other uh life drawers anatomy um you know tutorials and and i did i signed up for this russian academy drawing course so it's like you know it's the equivalent of the russian ballet but for art so it's like you draw <laughs> you know draw the skull from every single angle draw it a hundred times draw it really? until you can see it in your sleep draw it in your dreams you know kind of thing and you, you move very very slowly through 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 the body through the anatomy That's interesting right yeah it's great do you consider yourself uh i mean some people are natural drawers it seems like they they can just pick up a pencil and make anything look good i'm somebody who's not i know steve's pretty good mm. at drawing. Yeah. what do you consider yourself were you I I don't know. I, I, I think there's a, there's definitely a difference between the thing that I was kind of wrestling with was like, I think I can, I think I can copy quite well. I've got like an analytical eye. So I, but there's a difference between, between copying and communicating something like the kind of diff, I don't know, like you can learn a sentence phonetically 
but it doesn't mean that you're communicating an idea through it if you don't really yeah. understand what the, what this sounds mean. Okay. So trying to trying to develop a a, a style where you're actually you're actually communicating something rather than just copying what you see. I think that's the that's the difference. I think that just comes with time, sure. time and practice. But this, sure. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we know uh, your other art- artistic side. How did you become involved in acting? Um, I I guess I fell into it a little bit when I when I was about uh, I think when I was twelve or thirteen. Um, I started going to a, a drama group called the Young Blood Theatre Company mm-hmm. in London. A lot, a lot of my friends went. It was, it was, it was my my Saturday mornings. Basically, I went every week on a Saturday. were were terrifying. <laughs> they were the 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 basis of of um, of the classes was uh, you'd be given a word in a group, and you'd have ten minutes to come up with something. You'd have to just come up with something and devise a piece like that, and then perform it. Um, so yeah, my so my my teenage years from about thirteen to sixteen or seventeen, every Saturday were just filled with with dread. But it was, I mean, it, you know, just <laughs> having having to come up with something. But it was great, and it was a really really great um, thing to learn young. Sure. Sort of think on your feet uh, creatively. And the, and Andrew Braidford, who ran that drama group, had an agency or has an agency called the BWH Agency. Um, and anyone that he he wanted to represent from the group, he would you know offer representation. So there was a a nicer move into professional acting. So I start. I got my first job through Andrew. I think when I was about fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. Which, funnily enough, is was Sharp's Challenge, which was written by Bernard Cornwall as well. Yeah. So that was that was my because. But I mean, lots of people ask me that, and you know, like, how do I get into it? How do I get into acting? Mm-hmm. How, do, how can I get an agent? And I genuinely don't know. <laughs> like, it was it's it's such a it's such a. Um, I don't know. I found I found a very very particular avenue in. You started pretty know. young, mm-hmm. especially compared mm-hmm. to some other people. When did you know you wanted to be, get into acting? Um, or did you know even before you started? Was it just something no, I, you were trying? No, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know before I started. I, it wasn't. It wasn't like a, um, a childhood dream from when I was very, very young. I think being on being on stage or the our version of a stage in the drama group when I was when I was thirteen or fourteen, sort of there was a interest there, like in you know that this I really, really enjoyed the the thrill of creating and and responding, and especially being with an audience. You know, even though the audience was just like bunch of teenagers who were my mates you know was, i think right. that's where I, where I was like oh yeah i think i want to do this very cool yeah. i think it's tougher even to more like express yourself in front of people you know um at least for me yeah then you have to show maybe a different side that you've been showing them all this time yeah Does that yeah make i know sense? what you mean yeah yeah for sure yeah it's kind of easier to be to be anonymous but when you when the people that you that you want to like want the people that you want to like you in real life, you know, yeah, having to be, having to be vulnerable. Totally. So then from there, how did you get into the last kingdom then? Um, just regular auditioning. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I auditioned in London. Now did you audition for season two? <laughs> okay. Were you, were you a fan of the show? Um, Cause you came in in season two. Did you yeah, know of season, season one before? I, I knew of it, but I hadn't seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
so once I got the job, I went back and watched watched the show, watched the first season, and that's the first time, the only time that I've that I've joined something like that that's pre-existing, and it was great because okay. uh, it was just really really cool to watch a show that you really like with the thought in the back of your mind, like I'm get I get to be on this. So yeah, I had a really really strange first. Or maybe, I mean, one of my one of my first days. It felt like I was just in the most incredibly realistic virtual reality experience of watching a television show because I'd know because I'd seen the show previously, right. and then suddenly I was on the set of it and being asked a question by David Dawson playing King Alfred, mm -hmm. and just the thought in my mind, I was like, "Wow, this show is realistic." Oh shit! No, wait, I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm actually in it, and I'm meant to be talking. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It was like Let's... a really, really realistic choose your own adventure. Oh, that's so cool. Now, are you yeah. a fan of those sort of period pieces? Because you've been in Rain, which is another period piece. Is that sort of? Yeah, I mean, it's basically it's basically all I do at the minute. Yeah. I just I just do period dramas across the board. And actually, my shows were getting earlier and earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm, yeah, well, I'm. I can't talk about the thing that I'm about to do. Don't okay, about. don't tell us. So another, 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 another period. Cool. Um, we love period. I think so. it's something to do. I think it's something to do with my hair. <laughs> I just have well, like old, have old timey hair. It's tied up I was going to say it. It doesn't yeah. seem like when you're Ethelred or, or even in like uh, the other stuff I've seen you in. Um, it doesn't seem like they do anything to your hair, like compared to when I no. see you off screen. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same. I think I've got I've got I've got Renaissance hair, so that that, <laughs> that helps. It's not it's not through any anything that I'm that I'm uh, choosing, you know on purpose okay but I, I i do really enjoy it like there's there's a bunch of things that come with doing period dramas that are really fun <laughs> like battles and yeah. uh, and horse riding and really 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 good costumes um and usually a kind of like heightened emotion and height, heightened drama where things are really you know life or death um that you don't get in the in the kitchen sink drama as much cool so yeah the, all, all the all the things all the things that surround being on a period drama are really really great there's usually just like fire and smoke or people on fire you know? <laughs> somebody running for a field on fire there's always something cool to look at when you get to work Getting, Absolutely. Jumping off of that then, uh, this season was your first, I guess, big battle you were in. You were at the end yeah. of season two. Uh, so, yeah. but, but this one, uh, I remember when we first saw the trailer for this season, we oh. get to see you riding in on horseback. with you know, That was so cool. <laughs> it gets us so pumped. I was like, Ethel Red seems like you might be cool this season here. You know, I like, know yeah, I, I'm, glad that they get, I'm glad that they gave me those scenes. Um, or let me be a part of the battle because I, I mean in season two I it sort of seemed to be established that I was bad at fighting <laughs> yes. you know I, I had I had like one moment in the battle and I'm almost immediate, immediately knocked to the ground well, you, you were going against Siegfried yeah you, you were What's going that? against Bjorn though You're yeah going against exactly Siegfried, going so. against... yeah that's a tough um, match <laughs> yeah who, who when he knocked down I mean <laughs> yeah it's well, in, the, in this season when I was doing my stunt rehearsals I still got the videos on my phone of you just basically doing this and like massive seven foot dudes just letting you kill them which is quite satisfying <laughs> oh, <laughs> they just run at you and you do a little move and you're like dead 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 you're dead <laughs> um that 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 scene on the on the on horseback oh, maybe i shouldn't reveal the mystique of it but the way that we shot that was um me and jamie blackley who plays eardwolf it's a, it, it's i think it's just because of a logistics thing i'm it, not because our riding is bad yeah 
but they put you on mechanical horses. <laughs> really? That surprises me. Yeah, they put you on they put you on mechanical horses that are attached to a trailer and attached to the camera. So it's I think it's just so that they can keep the distance between you and the camera you know at the same at the same distance the whole sure. through the whole shot. So the way that that looked on camera was absolutely badass. And I felt like a badass, like, you know, charging into battle. The way, the way we shot it was riding quite, driving quite slowly <laughs> across a Hungarian field, shouting charge on the, just the tops of horses with, with just mechanical, you know, um, basically like Meccano underneath. <laughs> just trying not to feel silly and being like, I am a badass. I am a badass. <laughs> this will look badass, just not from this angle. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they did show that from behind the scenes uh, that they were they? just so okay. they didn't injure I horses. They were like throwing out like big dummy oh. horses into the pits and things. It was, it was yeah, yeah. To watch. It was just like like these big dummy horses just going into the pit. But like when you're watching, you're like, man, how did they not kill like a hundred horses right there? <laughs> yeah, no horses were hurt. Oh yeah, in were hurt. Yes. Swear. <laughs> so I imagine that's probably why they did it there as well. But just seeing those behind the scenes too of the production of that battle. Yeah. Just, you were on this, the show since season two. How how has that like the production value changed since then, from your eyes? Yeah, I mean it's 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 uh you constantly have to up your game basically, right? You want to it always has to look look um, bigger and bigger and better. And I think I think it has, um, which is I mean it's not because the the budget has doubled. It's I think it's just through through practice and fine tuning and and mm -hmm. honing it and and uh, and you know we we work with the same people basically every season and i think you know st stuntmen and stunt coordinators and and uh, and directors as well they all want to bring something new uh and have a trick up their sleeve or like pull a pull a move that they you know a new move or or are in you know using more fire and more body burns or things like that. It's, there's always a, there's always a chance to like, you know, have a really, really, really cool, interesting shot. But I mean, I think I still think about Jamie Donahue's shot that he, John, Jamie Donahue directed um, a couple of episodes in season two. Season two. Yeah. I can't remember if it was episode six or seven, where at the end of the episode, the Danes ride into a camp and it's like yeah. a single shot. And the, the whole thing is first person. Yeah. Um, and things like that. I mean, we had know. Chaz Bain on and we talked about it oh, extensively. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, a yeah, shot. Was, I was so impressive. I was so impressed by that the first time I saw it. Um, and that, that kind of thing where a director will like use pure ingenuity to create, um, uh, to create what, what's the, what's the word? Um, to make it look big budget, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. More of a, yeah. More on screen value. Like Oh my God, yeah. incredible scene. So then sure. in the battle then too, you actually have some really good beats as well. Oh. And, uh, it so looked how great. Was, how was it, yeah, how was it being in that, that giant mass of people and fighting and all that? How was that for you? Um, hot. <laughs> it was really, <laughs> That's the really first hot. thing everybody says when we ask about Is that. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really, really unavoidable, like unavoidably hot. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really know that about Hungary before I went. I just I was like, oh, it's in it's in Europe. It won't be like, you know, forty degrees, but it is forty degrees. Oh, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, like one hundred and eighty degrees Fahrenheit. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it, gets, it, gets, it gets really, 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 really hot. Um, but once you get over that and just the kind of general discomfort of, of, uh, of feeling like you're in a wetsuit um, mm -hmm. or a sweatsuit, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really particular kind of mental space of, try, of, re of not thinking. Because once yeah. you think, I think it's the same thing with all sports and and most most physical activities that like once you think about it, it's ruined. You know, yeah. or you won't be able to do the move. So, and there's the, 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 the like the urge to want to think because you're like, I want to. If I think about this, if I really think, then it'll be then it'll be really accurate and really great and yeah, you know, really precise. But actually thinking about it doesn't help. Interesting. And, which actually kind of translates over into 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 acting as well. Thinking generally doesn't is not where you want to be. Yeah, not when you're so, doing it, right? Like, yeah, you want to just be doing it, basically. Cool. So yeah, the moment you think about it, it's kind of gone. So um, it's my it's my first. That was my first real foray into 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 a, f a coordinated sequence. Yeah, I've done a little bit, but that was my first kind of bit of battling. So what was the preparation um, like for it? You just you do you you have a you have a couple of couple of days, couple of stunt rehearsal days. But actually what happens is as soon as you, and this is always the way, is like once you, once you get to set, there's some thing that hasn't been factored into, into you know, you, you rehearse it in a big sports hall and then when you get there, you're like, oh, actually, because you know, the ground here is this high or the camera has to be right. here, we need to change the move. So usually there's a last minute change. You like rehearse <laughs> something for three days and then they're like, okay, actually, can you just do it and do it backwards? You know, or cut that bit out. Or actually they're going to be coming from this way rather than the left. So you just have to kind of think on your feet. Very cool. Um, or unthink on your feet. Or unthink on <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. And you mentioned about how you don't want to think about it. I think the set design, the costume design do such a good job, at least from what we've heard from other actors as well, of putting you guys there in the world. And you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. about how you're kind of... Yeah. Is it yeah. My, 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 my acting coach says that a lot. Like you don't have to act it. You don't have to... There's, there's, all this stuff is done for you. Yeah. So you don't have to, I don't know, sometimes if you feel like getting into character or like you have, part of it is that you have to explain everything, you know. Right. You know, like I'm from the 900s, so I must be like I'm from the 900s. But is that, no, it will look like the 900s, you know. All right. you have to do is stand there and it will, it will look right. So that a, lot of, a lot of the job is already, is already done for you. And if you try and do those things, then you'll end up being a hammy actor. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Too, too much. Yeah. So then you kind of get pushed down into this ditch. Yeah, I get ditched. Yeah. And we get you get ditched. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we joked. I think we joked in one of our podcasts. Somebody should have hit Ethelred in the back of the head a long time ago. Yeah. Of how it no, changed. It was, it was a long time. It was a long time coming. <laughs> no, but um, it was a kind of accident. I mean, it was just. It like, was. You know, shit happens. Yeah, he was going hard in battle, and it just kind of got pushed into the ditch and there was nothing there. So he fell back. But yeah. talk, talk to us a little bit about that kind of uh, shell shock scene that you did from the fall and then getting back up. How was that to shoot? Um, I remember it being quite, being quite technical in terms of the beats and how long they needed to last. So that was on my, that was on my mind when we were shooting it. Um, I just, I, I think I just tried to make it as, to take acting out of the equation by just gen genuinely winding myself, basically, you know, okay. if you take an actual fall to the ground backwards, um, not hitting my head, but just genuinely hitting the ground, that kind of takes takes care of the takes um, the wind the, out of you, if the if the, if the physicality of it exactly. 
Um, I don't know what I don't know what else I remember. I, I kind I li- I I like um, getting like in the dirt a bit, you know, like okay, like getting getting really 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 physical. And so I think I, I think I hurt my leg a little bit or some something while we were shooting that sequence. Not nothing major, but yeah. actually kind of like getting dirt under your fingernails and scrabbling up that hill. There's something really really satisfying about that when you don't have to pretend when it is really really happening. And when you and also there's especially with shooting battles and stuff, there's like never enough time to do anything. And so okay. um, doing a lot of takes, you know, back to back and kind of putting yourself through the ringer a bit, not in any kind of serious way, but just, just stressing, putting stress on the body for like, I don't know, 40 minutes or something yeah. quite intensely. It feels, it feels quite satisfying, especially because Ethel has spent so much time sort of sitting on a throne and saying right. hello, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely cool to see you in the action. And like like we said earlier, you look good too. You know, Thanks, like I, th- I know I think they do a little bit of slow motion, but like throw the sword mm. up, slash down. It, it looked great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Glad it turned out good. And then we switch back to the awesome acting. And I don't think I've seen any characters before have such a change in like the last moments of their arc mm. Mm. as much as Ethelred had. Yeah, and going into yeah. episode five, um, maybe just generally talk about your approach compared to when you after you got hit in the head compared to yeah. what you've done before. Yeah, I'm, I I I was really really um, grateful for the for the writers to give me those scenes. Um, it was such a nice turn. Yeah, and I think it kind of I mean that was when I, when I was uh, working on the character trying to figure out what motivates this man. Um, I think the the turn at the end, what you get to see is the kind of internal thing that I tried to work out at the beginning, which is that he's basically a terrified boy, terrified child inside, <laughs> um, who is really, really, really scared to die. And so, yeah, getting getting to explore that. It's not like he justifies his behavior, but it explains a little bit of how how a guy like that operates. Um, and yeah, it was just re- it was really really um, it was really nice to end on on a on a really quiet note. Um, especially because when you, when you're leaving a show, you are it is a kind of a death, you know, or it's, it's at the end. Sure. It's definitely it's the end of something for real something that you worked on for quite a long time uh, and something, something that, you know, I, I, I love everyone that works on that show, cast and crew. We have an amazing time working on it. So to kind of get to say goodbye uh, in that way was, I was really grateful for that. I didn't just, you know, if, 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 if I just died in that ditch, and not got not got to say bye bye everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was, it was definitely go it ahead. Was, it was just really well done too. It felt organic. It didn't feel like oh he's he's nice now because he's there, there's still that no. back and forth between him and his wife Ethel fled and yeah. Uh, I that was it was really good. What was what was yeah. that like? Yeah, I don't think he was nice. I think he was terrified. You know, he was yeah. right. The, I, I think especially um, if living in that time period, the 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 fear of fire and brimstone just on the other side of death, mm-hmm. you know, the, the awaiting judgment, or, I mean, I'm not sure actually to the, what the, what the Christian understanding of hell was, but I'm so, sure that was, I'm sure it wasn't great. <laughs> What's, I think they reference what, hell a bunch in the show, like the priest yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Terror. Absolute abject terror. <laughs> Interesting. 
And obviously also the, 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 the swelling of the brain. I'm sure there was a lot of pressure being put on some of the important bits. <laughs> speaking, yeah. speaking of that too, um, Jamie ba- Blackley, Erdwolf yeah. comes in and he, he actually kills you for standing up then uh, for your daughter and for Ethel Fled, your wife. Was last yeah. What? How, oh, yeah, how did he kill you there did he like twist your head what exactly was the what exactly was the the cause of death yeah what was the mechanism of uh of killing there what was like did he like twist you to death <laughs> was like a the tourniquet effect no, i was like oh he's like twisting like the tourniquet on his head yeah i mean out of all the items on that table <laughs> he went he went with the rogue choice you know i'm sure there was i mean i guess he i guess he wanted to he wanted it to look like it was an accident or that it could have been an accident he didn't just want to like stab mm-hmm. me in the face which was probably an option um, but yeah, I think, I think it was a uh, squeezing of the brain, <laughs> I yeah, don't know what to, you know, too tight, <laughs> too tight a brain, um, not enough space in his skull. Um, yeah. I do, I, I haven't actually seen that bit. <laughs> so oh, I, just, okay. I don't know about the, I, I saw it, I saw it in the, um, I saw it when I was doing the ADR for it. I made a lot gotcha. of noises. I made a lot of horrible sounds. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, have, I have some behind seen, the scenes footage of that. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen it with the full with the full sound mix, so I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure if you go you go into it in detail, you can hear what exactly it is, whether it's a it's a watermelon exploding or a Well, it wasn't the watermelon know. exploding. We got that earlier. All right. <laughs> <laughs> From another character. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, um, of course. Uh, but um could you talk a little bit about filming that scene? Um, though, because it was extremely intense to watch and shocking mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. as the viewer. Yeah, it was. Yeah. My, I don't know if my mum was there on that day, but my mum actually oh. I think was, in, was in Budapest for the last two days of my filming, um, which was kind of weird. Actually, you know, like, um, bring, to your, bring your mum to work and die day is a bit yeah. odd. <laughs> you want to come see your son get murdered brutally? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I was kind of like trying to, like, maybe it shouldn't be this gross because like, you know, I don't think my mom wants to watch my head explode. My mom would um, still worry, probably, even if she knew it was acting. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I, think I, I mean, well, I, I actually die in pretty much everything that I do. And um, my mom finds it quite upsetting. Even when I was the bad guy, you know, I'm trying to explain, I'm like, mom, this is something that, I, you know, I definitely deserve. My character deserves this. It's been coming for a long time. She's like, but you're so nice. You're nice. <laughs> Not this time, mom, but actually a bastard. I promise. Um, yeah i mean it was it was there was there was there was some it was actually kind of difficult to shoot that with there was with this uh they had to have a stretchy um uh, bandage so that my my head didn't actually uh explode and uh and just getting just getting those te- technical things right took took a while loads of blood yeah <laughs> of blood i think i had some what did i have i had some kind of pumping system that went through my costume and up into the my really? head, so that someone just bite literally with with like a TNT style. Plunger. I want that job. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the blood guy. I mean, like the blood guy. Um, uh, yeah, it was. What can I say about that day? Um, it was gross. <laughs> it, was, it was really, really gross. Yeah. Um, it's quite, it's, it's a, it's an odd part of your job, like dying over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over the course of the day, making strange sounds and gurgling noises. And you know, it's, it's kind of, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line that the, the moment of, of, of death on camera, you know, sometimes you see it in films where people go, uh, uh, 
like, <laughs> like uh, Dark Knight Wolf <laughs> or Dark Knight Rises. I was going to say Chao Wolf when the first scene you're in, <laughs> when he yeah. just dies yeah. at the dinner. <laughs> it's an awesome scene. I'm not taking anything away from that guy. It was no, awesome. It's, it's, it's the time it's period. People just like dropping like just bugs. drop dead. Yeah. Um, just so got to, you want to, you want to ease, you want to ease out of life very, very gently. The shot that they used like right after you become late Ethelred, uh, like when it's on your face, like yeah, yeah, like that was that was this really really specific camera lens. I've never seen it before. Yes. Um, I don't know what I don't know enough about cameras. I'm sure James sure. Northcott could tell you what it was, but it was right. really really long and thin. Like most lenses are like this, and this was like like a kind of telescope, but thi oh, but wow. this long. Um, and I don't know whether that was to get. I guess I guess it's to get a really really long depth of field. I think so. so that you can have something this like a m micro close-up shot of my eye in 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 camera and then also keep the rest like focus. Jamie Blackley yeah. is still in focus yeah. back there. Yeah, I and think I mean I pre I presume he was in focus. Yeah, remember. he was. Yeah, definitely um, was. Yes, yeah, so I've ne I've never I've never seen that camera lens before. They used it as well in the shots from behind my mm -hmm. um from behind my head um when I'm when I'm talking to the king. Interesting. Uh, yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, that was cool. When did you realize that you were um, going to die in this season? I think I was, it was always part of my I, part of my contract. Actually, I, th I knew oh, that okay. I was going to do. I was knew that I was going to do three seasons, uh, and I knew that I was going to going to die because of the books. Um, but yeah, it's it's like bitter, bittersweet, bittersweet. I really, really love going to work. I loved going to work on that job. It's a really, really, really fun group of people, and it doesn't feel like work at all. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. You know, off off camera and on camera, it really is like a just a fun job. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it seems and like you you're were, really yeah. good friends with Millie Brady, who plays his yeah. wife Ethelfled from the scene. Yeah, which yeah. does that make it easier then when you're doing like those intimidation scenes and that those those scenes of like hate between the two of you like that she is your friend or, or i know it's so weird we're like we're like really really good mates and i mean we didn't know each other at all we we met on the show so the first few the the really 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 horrible you know me hitting her at the at the, at the yeah. uh at the dinner table and things like that we weren't we weren't that close yeah i think if we had to do those scenes now it would be really surreal <laughs> um and uh it would, it would, it would, it would still be the same, but there would just be this added weirdness to it because, because mm, yeah. we're, because we're so close. But yeah, love Millie Brady. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to see you guys have, again, you weren't being nice, but you certainly had a redemption moment mm. uh, with her at the end, and, and you tell her something like, um, "I hope that you can find comfort and you know, to li live without." being loved as a torture yeah. great line love that line yeah. delivered perfectly yeah. Uh, yeah. You, yeah how was that moment like um i think yeah it was it was great for both of us because i think we, we hadn't really worked together for a while our storylines right. had split off and um so it was um it was really nice to sort of bookend the show and and come back full circle and and, and finish it with her um filming is always there's never enough time but um andy the director made sure that those scenes were really handled with care. And there's, there's just, I mean, often, often there's a, there's a, there's a vibe on, on set where it's like, um, everyone has got to get their shit done, like in all departments. And so there's a lot of rushing around. Right. Some, but sometimes, um, if you're lucky that 
an atmosphere can be created that everyone partakes in when it's very, very quiet and very, and, and that between takes, there isn't a kind of like cacophony and noise. And, um, and, and we had that for those scenes. And, uh, and, and it does kind of, it, it changes, changes the atmosphere in the room and you can kind of tap into that atmosphere a bit. It sounds a bit woo woo, but there's, that there's just a, a, a feeling of like something sensitive being had. Yeah. That's really, um, it's really great. The scenes just get quieter and quieter, basically. <laughs> I just want to make the scenes long and really quiet, <laughs> barely talking, mumble totally. for everything. Yeah, interesting. So we just touched on a little bit. Now in Last Kingdom, there's some scenes that are kind of, they're gruesome. We see people get head blown up. We see people mm. get stabbed through yeah. the neck. Yeah, some the shins like the... are particularly bad. But that yeah. bad one, I couldn't stand the shit, the shins in season one. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There. yeah, the, yeah. Two, the, the double Achilles tendon slice. In, that, in attempt to, yeah, we see a bunch yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Yet some of the most uncomfortable scenes to watch are kind of the abusive ethyl red scenes with, yeah. with ethyl yeah. flood. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about what it's like to do a scene like that? That's Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, was pretty, I was pretty nervous about it. Uh, yeah, sure. Because I mean, I've basically never—I've never played the bad guy before. Okay. Um, and I'd actually just come off a, a show. I'd come off Rain, where I was—I was the et eternal good guy and uh, and and very very loving and caring, basically all the time. So I was—I was kind of—I was—I was—I was nervous about it personally. I was like, "Is this going to—is this going to affect me?" You know, it was—it was, but actually actually playing the bad guy and being the person who is the sort of the, the person you love to hate. Um, I mean, the, the, it, it changed a bit because those, those early scenes are like genuinely distressing. Um, Ethelred over time, I feel like became more of a, not a comedic character, but he had a flair, a kind of an evil flair to him that was quite enjoyable. Yes. Originally, originally it was like, genuinely upsetting mm -hmm. um and and doing those doing those kinds of scenes is like never pleasant in any way and, no and, and then the director jamie donahue was like you know that that's something that always needs to be handled with care so that you're not glorifying anything just because cameras make things look good like just the way that things are shot is beautiful and so um I don't know. Sometimes I think about Meryl Streep playing Margaret Thatcher and I'm just, just like by playing Margaret yeah. Thatcher, just by Meryl Streep doing that, you make Margaret Thatcher look good. Like, right, right, right. Because she, you're like, oh, Meryl Streep is Margaret Thatcher or yeah. Margaret Thatcher is Meryl Streep. You know, so just by putting something on camera right. is, is almost, you're, you're, you're making a choice of, you know, so it's, it has to be handled delicately so that you're not glorifying anything or, Interesting. Um, which I think, which I think, which I think we did. Totally. Um, and uh, yeah, those scenes, those scenes came off like quote unquote well. Um, right. But then, but, but as, as the character developed, I feel like his, his, uh, he got this kind of comedic element where it was more like he was the, like the, not the jester, but like he, Ethelred's kind of dumb. Um, or yeah, he, at, least he's, at least he's, yeah, he's motivated. He make he, he he's motivated. Well, he makes terrible choices mm -hmm. constantly, and so it's like it's fun as that character to be the person that the audience is going like, no, please, no, don't do that. Yeah. You know, don't make these bad choices while everyone around him 
you know it's, it's just trying to keep things that float so there was a there was a there was a turn that i that i enjoyed i think he kind of developed even more into season four where the scenes got um funnier and better yeah. i really I, I i was that that was the one thing that i missed or that i that was a shame to die for that i didn't get to you know, pursue that further and yeah, become even yeah. worse. <laughs> if I don't know how much worse I could have got, but yeah. There was a, a scene where Ethel fled when she comes back uh, with with Uhtred and them in season three. And uh, she says, oh, you don't seem surprised that someone tried to kill me or something like that. And you're just like, mm. what about now? Ooh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fake, fake surprise. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. God, he's such a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that was, but that was like one of those funny scenes. I'll just die laughing after watching that. Yeah. It's um, my, my, I feel like my role in it was because the show's themes are about, um, you know, there's honor and loyalty and brotherhood and destiny and fate and, um, you know, and just to be the person who just hates all of that, <laughs> find it like, like your name, you know. Um, That's cool, yeah. Yeah, there was a there's a bit where <laughs> I don't think they used any of these takes <laughs> where 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 in see in the first in in the second season when Uhtred's riding back to our our line in the battle in the the the, the, the final battle and someone shouts it's Uhtred and I just get all these takes of just being like Uhtred <laughs> who the fuck I just being like who the fuck is Uhtred <laughs> <laughs> They should have done that line right there. That would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, oh, God. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's Utrecht. Yeah, of course it's fucking... Yeah, okay, I get it. It's Utrecht. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Now, do you enjoy playing um, an antagonist? So... Yeah, 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 yeah. I really I really like it, actually. Yeah. Um, what to say about... To you, say about that. <laughs> do you prefer it over playing um a good guy or, or what, what would you rather do um i kind of yeah i now that i've got now that i've got a taste for it um as long as as long as it's got a um a kind of play a kind of playfulness to it like where you're I, just as an actor like my my job is to like just fuck with everyone and and ruin ruin their plans that kind of thing is fun you know it's like the kind of thing playing the kind of like playing the joker you know heath ledger's joker is just to oh, just like disrupt and ruin, and ruin everything yeah. um so yeah i can't i can't i can't talk about it yeah oh, so annoying. i can't talk about it all right no yeah <laughs> uh, but there's a but there's you know my, i my next project i will i will be playing a kind of interesting mixture of the two you know Good and bad layered on top of each other in an interesting way. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun to play both. Um, they both yeah. have their own challenges and, and interesting. Rewards. I'd imagine interesting. it's kind of cathartic too to be able to get a lot of that that negative stuff out in a in a setting where it's supposed to be. And yeah, it's also you know you. Um, I like stabbing the messenger. That's quite fun. Killing <laughs> yes, <the messenger laughs> we, we love that, and we love when Eldhelm goes. Uh, you can't just kill everyone. It's, you know, it's 900 it's, AD, dude. Like, <laughs> Lord, you can't just kill, kill people. This is the ninth century. <laughs> oh, yeah, ninth century. Yeah. Be woke. Yeah, yeah. Be woke. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Be hundreds, yeah. man. Yeah. You gotta get with the times, man. Um, yeah, it's, 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 and it's not just like the bat and like your anger and stuff. It's all petulance, you know. It's like... The, uh, why won't people pay me more attention why don't people like me kind of stuff that you get to get to vent you know? yeah 
totally totally now you always have like a falcon like on your yeah. left side <laughs> what, what's the significance of that guy <laughs> it's just chris <laughs> yeah what's his name chris chris <laughs> I okay um I, I like the idea that he's terrified of it and that he's like always trying to like that he wants to look cool but he can't like actually feed it because yeah he doesn't there's the shit out of him <laughs> um i think yeah it's it's, it's totally it's totally perfect for his character that he that he just wants to always have a bird of prey behind him i think that's how yeah. he thinks so i mean maybe it's a good i'm just thinking of off the cuff but like it's a kind of good metaphor for him he thinks of himself as a bird of prey but actually he's got a special hat on <laughs> that makes him think it's nighttime like you know those <laughs> birds are given like a special mask yeah, hat yeah. that covers their eyes so that they don't know that it's that anything's around and i feel like that's the way that ethelred is kind of treated he's like i'm a falcon and they're like okay put your hat on <laughs> it's nighttime now yes it's nighttime <laughs> alfred's got this yeah yeah <laughs> You you also you had a lot of scenes early on when you started out in season two and three without Helm, James Northcote. And mm-hmm. then again, even like how you said, even Millie Brady, you didn't see a lot of in uh, the last season, season four. Uh, so how was it, I guess, getting away from him and then being more with Jamie Blackley? I just I just remembered that that's the scene that we're that we're both that James and Millie are in where um, he says, I look like a Dane. And they laugh about yes. it while they're having, the, and then we have a great line which says, "This meal is intolerable. I have to vomit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. That just came. That just came into my head. No, um, that's, yeah, that's right. After you tell him to get close to her too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what, what was I thinking? It's yeah, odd, <laughs> odd move. Um, yeah, I kind of find, an, I, I try and find an exact replacement for 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 Aldhelm, another. Yeah. Yeah, another like what I think is a, a lackey who's under my control and is actually orchestrating my demise. Um, I've got a kind of odd bit of a relationship with with Eardwolf where I constantly am telling him that I'm trying to sleep with his sister. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Always fun for him. I don't, I like don't even think that that's like that he might not want to hear that. I'm like I'm gonna have sex with your sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the first line of season four. Um, being so pleased with myself. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great working with Jamie. I, I've, I, I shot a movie with him when I was nineteen called oh, wow. "You Want Me to, you want me to Kill Him," um, which is about uh, internet catfishing. Um, and he, he, he stabbed me in that as well. Oh, <laughs> he almost wow. He, yeah, you know, I've got, a, I've got a long history of Jamie trying to kill me. <laughs> um, so next thing yeah, you're in with him, you know that's going to be your last season or whatever, whenever he shows <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, like, Jamie's on the job, I shit. <laughs> How will I go this time? Yeah, he, he, didn't, he, didn't quite, he didn't quite get the job done in that one, actually. Like, oh. if you watch those films oh, back, okay. or watch those scenes back to back, I mean, it goes from stabbing me in an alleyway as school kids to going back in time to finish the job. And that's right. Quite a novel way of crushing my head with the tourniquet yes <laughs> that is awesome that and is even awesome. uh i guess going off of that too uh you you stabbed james northcote at the end yeah. of season three. I oh did, yeah i stabbed him with a with a very small knife yeah not a deadly knife you know i it's... didn't think he was coming back after that and yeah uh, he survived yeah, yeah. i mean, I, mean if it, I guess if it was totally historically accurate then then any wound is like a death sentence you know like if you fucking sprain your thumb you're like definitely gonna die <laughs> 
the only medicine that they had was just leeches. The only, the best thing that they could offer you was just leeches. You know, I'm just picturing coming in with like your thumb, a little bit bruised, and like yeah, and being you know, like, I'm sorry, nothing we I can thought, do. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll spread, and eventually it'll be an abscess in your brain. <laughs> Go make peace with your god. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, what was it like doing that scene? Because that scene, you bring a sort, certain intensity with James Northcote. A kind of rift has been building between you guys. You've noticed that he's starting to change allegiance. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, direct, the director on, on, on that episode, um, Jan, he's this mm-hmm. Belgian guy, and he's just fucking brilliant. Like, um, he, he, he's really into play, like playfulness on okay. set. Like... Like he's, he, he starts these every day with like a joke, like a mind that you're like, okay, whatever. But it, but it actually kind of sets the tone where he'll just like pass you a cigarette that isn't there. And everyone has really? to like have a drag on this, you know, on this fake cigarette or he'll like, like, he'll be like, run towards me. And then you like run at him and then he like, will not throw you, but throw you into the air and what, and then be like, wow, you did like 20 backflips. <laughs> you're like, you know, it kind of creates this really child, childlike atmosphere. He's really into transcendental meditation. He does it every day. And so he's got, he's like oh, wow. really chilled out and, uh, and really Super into cool. play. And so doing, doing those scenes, even, even when they're kind of intense and I'm stabbing the people who are meant to be my friends, there's a kind of joy <laughs> to the way that he works where like, it's difficult to tell actors that they're good and that they're bad. Like you, like not bad, but if you, if you, if you give someone a compliment, then they'll want to do the same thing that they just did which will be okay. make it wooden. And if you tell them that they're, that give them a criticism, then they might get really self-conscious. Right. So he does a different thing where it's like, it's all about joy and about like exploring and being genuinely excited about it. So it's not like, oh, you did great. It's more just like, wow, what if we tried this? You know, and it's, it's, um, it's a really, really fun way to work. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, I mean, that was kind of a funny scene because you stab him and you're like, if you recover from this, like this yeah. is what you're gonna say, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, like he's dead, like, like <laughs> yeah, he's done. It was a pen. It was a pocket knife. It was the it was the 900 equivalent of a Swiss Army knife, you know. Yeah, not dead, not deadly, <laughs> and I'm sure very clean, you know. Yeah. I mean, people absolutely. were tough back then. Sterilized. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is there anything that you love about your character Ethelred? No. <laughs> no, okay. I just <laughs> uh, most of the time uh, when I ask that question, it's like, what do you love about the character? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, re- I really enjoy playing him. The, th- the thing that I um, um, enjoyed when I started that show is um, my, my, my acting coach and friend, Orlando Seal, gave me some good advice about, about things being uncomfortable, like the, the throne being uncomfortable, the crown being uncomfortable, the, the dress, like literally I wear a dress, being uncomfortable or a long tunic um, and not pretending that they're comfortable. Interesting. And not pretending that you're comfortable. And actually it's quite fun to play a king or a prince or becoming a, you know, a, a Lord King who, uh, who, who doesn't know how to sit in his own throne and like, doesn't know how to- You're always, you know, you're like, always- Like always trying to like readjust and being like fucking shoulder pads, stupid, you know, like, um, and actually, you know, not, not trying to find a cool way to sit, but actually this, it's, much, it's much funnier to see, it, to see a king who just has absolutely no idea how to do it. 
So I, I enjoyed that because when I got it, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to play. I have to play this, you know, strong guy. And, but actually just giving in to all of these like, oh, God, what am I, what am I doing? I'm bored, you know, kind of thing. Yes. Bring me some berries or something. You know, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a more interesting way to play it. Yeah, matching the body language to Ethelred, you know, quite a bit. Mm. That's pretty cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah, my my coach always says like, "What do you get for free?" You know, how you know, what do you actually, how do you actually feel? And it's like, well, I'm hot, and this crown is uncomfortable. It's like perfect. That's great. Don't have to do any acting. <laughs> Another scene that I love that you have to do is when you have to come back and tell Alfred that his daughter's just been taken, <laughs> and you try to sell it best you can. You try to sell it. <laughs> yeah um could you talk a little bit about doing that scene because you get scolded by like everybody in the room yeah yeah um david dawson who plays king alfred or played king alfred is 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 an incredibly laser focused actor um more than probably anyone else i've ever worked with like his stare or glare is genuinely um, disconcerting <laughs> when he's in character because <laughs> sometimes there's like it like even though you're you're in character you're kind of aware that you, you know that you're that it's a scene that you're playing and so um you know there's no once it's once cut is cool it's it's you're not you're not still terrified of somebody but but when when david really zeroes in on you it is genuinely um disconcerting and he also is like uh, brings his a game for like every take um, in terms of delivery and it's so um, you know it's so measured and so kind of I don't know how to describe it like stripped back there's no it's 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 just exactly what it needs to be um, that you know it, it forces you to sort of respond um, yeah so anytime that David is scared of me I'm I probably am genuinely scared <laughs> We were, we were joking the other day, we have a presidential election coming up and we were just like, can we just have Alfred come over here? And <laughs> David would Dawson's prefer, Alfred. Would, would That's you what prefer we prefer Alfred? him. Just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, um, yeah, you kind of got you kind of got an Ethelred versus a, I don't know who. <laughs> yeah, we definitely Erdwolf. have an Ethelred. Yeah. Both coming on. Interesting though, yeah. Um, now your costume, you always look pretty regal. Yep. And uh, did you put any input into your own costume or did you kind of let like Molly Rowe, who we had on before, yeah. she has a lot of great input into people's costumes, obviously. And, yeah. And yeah. She yeah, mentioned she's... how she dipped your crown in gold, I think. And mm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I um, every time we have a costume fitting, it's, it is a, it's like a, it's conversation and, uh, and she brings, you know, a wealth of ideas and then you talk them over. I mean, I, I didn't, I never had any, um, um, had any problems with, or, you know, you know, I, I, I loved, I loved what I, what I wore. I thought it was great. Um, anything with fur, you know, fur trim and, um, and my, my kind of like useless armor that's all for show, you know, looks great, totally pointless, you know, couldn't, you know, just kind of like little, little, little bits of chain mail here. Right. No, this, I thought, I thought that was a great touch for his, for his character that it's kind of, it's all, it's all, for show, you know, um, and 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 I had a huge ring. I had like a kind of, um, I don't know if I don't know when you get to see it, or how clearly you get to see it, but it was like a Super Bowl, you know, one of those yeah, rings. Yeah. That, with, you know, like huge piece of gold. Um, Is that the one Airwolf steals? Maybe, yeah, yeah, it would, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it would be. Steals my rings. Those costume fittings are just are just great, basically. Um, yeah, it's always uh, just exciting to see what she comes up with. Now, Steve and I um, are also pretty big Harry Potter fans. Mm. And so we got to ask you while you're on about what mm. was it like to kind of take on the young version of Albus Dumbledore? Because that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like the best cameo ever. <laughs> that is um, super cool. Yeah, because I mean, I think me and Jamie Bauer, who, um, who played the young Grindelwald, are the only two people who are in both who are in both uh, um, film franchises, even right. though we're oh, only in it for like a tiny amount of time. But it is like a like a nice little bit of bragging rights, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, when I, I worked on the Harry on the on the first Deathly Hallows film, but only for like you know an afternoon, just so that they could get this moment, um, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, being asked to be to to come back to to do the role for um, for Fantastic Beasts was just um, was great. Um, those that kind of set experience uh, is it's like what I was talking about being on the Last Kingdom, but like times a thousand. Like every, I mean, every single thing there is handcrafted beautifully. You know, the just the I mean. I'm not saying I made it sound like the last kingdom doesn't do that. No, I just yeah, mean like yeah. the, no, but... just, just the, just it's the scale of, 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 um, of a set like that yeah, and all the, and all the effort that goes into everything, um, is really amazing. I'm not a big, like, I don't really like CGI that much. Okay. But that's that kind of CGI, the fantastical CGI that they, I don't know. I can't, I don't know what the name of their, what their company is, but they also did the Paddington Bear films but that mm. cgi is particularly good um and being being photographed for so they they, they they'll they'll um uh digitize everything every piece of costume every every prop on the set everything the sets themselves me so i yeah. stand in a stand in a in a what would you call it like a surrounded by cameras and they shoot you 360 mm. degrees and they yeah. create a, a a computer model for you just that kind of detail that they can zoom in on that kind of geeky stuff is is the set to nerd out on basically wow it's amazing now, and they, were and you... they have, yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead sorry well, i was just saying that they have the the uh the creatures department Ooh. um basically when i got there so someone in a golf cart was like do you want to just drive around in a golf cart and look at cool shit it's like absolutely <laughs> Yeah, taking you through all the departments. I've been basically, waiting for you guys. By being on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Oh man. Yeah. So are you a Harry Potter fan to begin with before you were Yeah, on? I mean, I, I read all the books um, on the day they came out. I was wow. kind of the same age. Is Daniel, is Daniel Radcliffe older than me? Maybe. So yeah, but I mean, I, I was kind of Harry Potter age. Right. At, at the same time as him when the books were coming out. So yeah, they were a big, a big part of my big part of my childhood i guess they're the only books that i read like that like read in on the day you know as a fan so you must have been so excited to be able to play dumbledore like yeah i know it's such a, it's it's because it's such a it's such a you know small part but i also get to say that it's that i am dumbledore so, totally yeah, i say totally. it's like the greatest cameo and i think i've heard rumors of another fantastic beast movies movie possibly being made Mm. And I know that, you know, it would be cool if you could continue to be involved in that because I know Dumbledore has a pretty interesting kind of 
you know, young story with Grindelwald and his sister. Yeah. yeah. Would be cool to yeah. see on screen, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would love to, to, uh, to, to do that, have more scenes. Um, no, I know JK Rowling has sort of like revealed some things about, about, um, about Dumbledore over the years that weren't in the, weren't in the right. films. So yeah, it, I mean, obviously I would, I would, uh, I'd kill to, to, to get some more stuff. Yeah, I know they had originally, I think, what was it, four or five of the movies, I guess, announced? Um, I think it's, yeah, five, five films. Yeah. Do you, do you yeah. know offhand goes. if you are, like, guaranteed to be in any of those or anything right I, now? Okay. I couldn't say. No. Okay. Gotcha. But that made it sound like I do. But, um, no, no. Okay. Yeah, interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's just so awesome to be in a Harry Potter franchise. That's got to be so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So cool. But, yeah, so... It would be cool to see, though, uh, a little bit more of young Dumbledore, I think. And, oh, yeah, I yeah. definitely want to see that, that arc with him and his sister. Ariana, Ariana is her sister? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go back to Last Kingdom just a little bit. Did you have any favorite moments from on set or any favorite scenes that you did? Shooting the scene with Jamie Blackley where he comes to tell me that um, Mercia has been um, uh, raided ravished by... by the Danes, raided by the Danes. Um, that scene... That scene, particularly that turn, um, where I say that I'm going to have him killed, um, that scene was particularly fun to film. Cool. Um, I mean, I mean, most most of it was most of it was pretty fun, you know. Right. Especially the, especially the later stuff when I I feel like the writers gave. Uh, I don't know whether it was a. I don't know, like a conversation between they wrote they wrote something. I did it a certain way, and then they pushed that thing a bit further, and then so yeah. I got to it. And then so by the fourth season, he was kind of more um, a more dynamic character. Um, but yeah, mo most of it was great. And I, I know that this is what like every actor says about every job every single time they do an interview. But it was really really fun to film it, and everyone on it is great. <laughs> I know it's like everyone, even when people have the worst time, they still have to say everyone was great. But but on Last Kingdom, I'm, it I'm seems genuinely not saying it. It's, it is honestly like the funniest group of people to work with. That's awesome. And now earlier you mentioned when you first got into acting, doing those kind of improvisational thing where they give you a word and maybe I helped you develop a little bit of improvisation or creativity. Um, were there any moments in Last Kingdom where like that kind of thing came into Ethelred that... I mean, actually, that's the one thing about period dramas is there is not much improv. You're right, <laughs> just, right. Just because it's so, it's so story-driven and it's so a, such a particular way of talking that um, there isn't that much wiggle room to to improvise. I've tried it a couple of times. I tried it on rain a couple of times and uh, never made the cut. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think that would, okay. that's the one, that's the one benefit of working in, in the, in the present is that you can veer off, veer off script a little bit. Okay, cool. But, but not, not so much with Ethelred. Interesting. Now we know that you, you mentioned you have something exciting coming up. We're not going to ask you about because you're not allowed to talk about it yet, but is there mm. anything else that you have coming out in the near future that we can look forward to? No, just this one thing. Okay. Okay. And do you have any goals as an actor moving forward? Yeah. I mean this, yeah, I would, I would really like to write something. Okay. I think, I think almost every actor says that and is saying that they write, they're writing something. Um, I think the key <laughs> to making that 
dream a reality is to not tell anyone about it because like okay. the things that I've said over the years that I'm going to write have then just become a conversation of me saying that I'm going to write it. Do you know what I mean? Mm, it goes yeah. from being like, you actually writing to something. And then when you tell someone, you're like, oh, I'm writing this thing. They're like, oh, that's great. And then you're like, oh, thanks. Now I don't have to write it because <laughs> I've been given praise. <laughs> so like you have to like keep it a secret. And, or I would uh, imagine, uh, we mentioned this before we went on that um, we've gotten a lot of requests for, for different people, but you particularly have gotten an amazing amount of requests uh, from, from fans to us to, to have you on the podcast. And we're, thank you again for joining us. We're very glad to have you. But I would imagine too, they would be like, did you write that thing yet? Did you write it yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have actually, I promised once at a convention that I was going to write something, but I thought I was like, oh, if I, if I put it out there, then I'll have to do it. But um is I'm now that I've tried it now that I've tried it I'm so impressed by anything that's written <laughs> in general <laughs> you know it's it's um it's such a I mean so I don't know some everyone's processes is different and some people can write you know someone like Bernard Cornwell who like can write and uh, um, just the sheer amount of, of of writing that he that he produces is like astounding yeah um but it is quite a, uh, um, a slow moving process that that's, um, especially with filmmaking is like, well, trying to turn, trying to write a script is like house of cards, basically trying to keep, yeah. every, keep things making sense. And the most, the, the latest thing that I did, the latest advice when I was explaining my idea to somebody um, who, who is a writer was just like, yeah, but what do they want? Cause you've just yeah, told sure. me a bunch of stuff that's like short, yeah, interesting stuff. And that's, you know, that's, that's interesting, but like, what do they want? And if you don't have, if you don't have that, then you don't have anything. And, uh, and actually like the more you try and like create around it, you know, like I'll add more ideas and put more stuff on top of it. It's just masking the fact that actually your character doesn't want anything. Interesting. Um, and when you like, it does, it can be the simplest want, you know, what, what would you say Ethelred wanted? Uh, to be king of the world. Just to be king of the world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, just wants to be king of the world. Um, but yeah, if you you need a you need a drive, and then once the audience sees that, then they're on board and they want to see you get that thing, even if it's as simple as like I want to have a sandwich, you know. But what on all the things that stand in your way is you being able to have a sandwich. But if you all your ideas mean, mean nothing without the want, interesting. It's like damn, gotta go back to the drawing. <laughs> now, were you a fan of the Burner Cornwall Cornwall books before the show, or did you read them at all? No, I've I've never read his I've okay. never read his books, but I mean I've I've, I've worked on two of yeah, his yeah. Uh, I've worked on two of his book series now. Like the, the my 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 latest work. I didn't read the books just because the script they do differ. They do. They go on their own journey, you know, and and um, I think you can get yeah. attached to stuff that isn't in it. Uh, and my yeah, my job was just to okay. Cool. Well, one thing from the, the books TV that was show. interesting, I wanted to ask you. Maybe you know, maybe not. Is in the books, Uchard and Ethelred are actually cousins. In the book? No, okay. I didn't know. I that. didn't know if there was something behind it. I didn't well, seem like they elaborated it at all in the show. Yeah. No. no. So we we oh, just would have been first too. Ah, oh, that would have been a cool touch. Yeah. Actually, I think in the third review. Yeah. Really. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was just curious if that was kind of like a, something they had talked about on on the show. But it doesn't seem like in the show that's kind of like canon no. in the show world. It would have um, been it would have been a nice touch. I don't know. Do you know how he finds out? 
Well, I think he knows. Like, uh, oh, he his, knows. So, yeah, but he's um, revealed. Ethelred's, okay. Ethelred's father is Uhtred's mom, who Uhtred didn't know his mom. Right. It's her brother. And there's a time in the first book, I think, when Uhtred needs to kind of find refuge somewhere. And he goes when your father is still Lord. And I mm-hmm. think he meets you there. And Ethelred in the book is also not the most likable character. But um, we haven't really gotten into... I'm in the third book right now. I haven't really gotten into more where Ethelred becomes really... You know, not likable. Yeah. He's just kind of like annoying right now in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah such a curious. Um, yeah. yeah, that would that would have been a that would have been a, a a funny little detail to put in there. I don't know how it would have uh, changed the performance, but yeah, uh, I don't know in the book guts. if it's that important. Still hate his guts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they still don't like each other like that much in the books either. It's just because they're like so estranged, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. yeah. And I, I mean, it, I mean, I wasn't everyone cousins. Right, right. So, I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Family trees look more like bushes. (laughs) And one thing we always ask our guests to is, have you watched anything interesting lately that uh, um, you'd Mm. like to share or anything? Uh, Yeah, what have I seen? My lockdown viewings have been, um, I got, I mean, I've watched Succession again. I love Succession. Um, Have you seen it? No, my sister watches it though. Oh my God. Raves about the soundtrack for it too. What is it? She's played really? me the soundtrack, I think, for Succession, like the music. Yeah, it's got. I mean, it's got. It's got one kind of motif that it motif. uses in every episode. Yeah. Yeah, she showed um, me that. I like it. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the, yeah. I, I. I'm not watching it for the music. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I know about it. <laughs> um, what? Uh, yeah, it's it's um, Brian Cox um, playing a media mogul. Um, uh, I mean, he's, they say it's not Rupert Murdoch, but it's kind of like Rupert Murdoch. Um, me, me, he's got a media empire and his four kids are vying for the succession mm. Of, mm. Of, of that empire. And it's written by Jesse Armstrong, um, who made Peep Show and he wrote Four Lions, I think, which is a hilarious um, comedy. And it's just really, 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 really funny. But like pitch black comedy, basically. And yeah, yeah it's hilarious. And I've watched Midnight Gospel. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that either. Oh man, it's like <laughs> it's so it's 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 um, made by Pendleton Ward, who is the animator who made Adventure Time. And oh, Adventure nice. Time, yeah. So like Adventure Time, as it like progressed, had more and more kind of like. I mean, it is technically a kids show, but it had like a more adult yeah, but... theme going running through it, and this like cosmic strand of storyline that was so batshit crazy, and Pendleton. Um, What's it called? Midnight Gospel is like that with just all the breaks taken off of it and just completely wild um, LSD fueled madness. Ooh. I mean, it's so it's 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 um it's a pod it's like it's actually a podcast I think with Duncan Trussell. It's like the audio is a podcast interview between Duncan Trussell, who's a kind of um uh, he's a he's a stand up comedian and he interviews guests about Buddhism or life after death or dmt and um all things hallucinogenic and then just over the top of it pendleton ward has animated the most insane visuals you've ever seen in your life so it's almost like too difficult it's difficult to watch because like the the audio is really interesting but the animation over the top of it is like fully batshit crazy oh Um, interesting for sure yeah yeah that 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 i really that's been the two things oh yeah and devs devs is amazing 
I've seen Devs. No, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, you've got plenty of stuff to watch. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah now we got a good list here. Yeah, it's um, that's uh, oh, what's his name? Alex Garland. Um, okay. uh, his series that he wrote, and it's about what should I say without spoiling it? It's um, just about the implications of like what a quantum computer could do like a, a, a computer that was so powerful that it could predict a lot of stuff. I won't say more because, cool. but it's great. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a Silicon Valley. Yeah. Like tech company, Willy Wonka type madman who's made a very, very, very powerful computer played by Nick Offerman. Is that his name? From Fox and Rec? Yeah, Nick Offerman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, a very different look. He's not Ron Swanson. He's got a big, he's got a big beard, and he's he's got a big beard, and he's techy and 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 mad. Wow, interesting. interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool, cool. And Steve, do you have any other questions while we have uh, Toby on today? No, no. Any questions, Thanks. Steve? No, but thank you, thank <laughs> you for coming on. Yeah, it was, it's, no worries. It's, it's been great. Um, it has been my great. pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, and uh, we'll link all your stuff down below, your social media, your Twitter, Instagram, anything else. Yeah. yeah. And we'll certainly miss you. I know season five is is moving forward. Yeah. We'll certainly miss you moving forward. And, and again, it's like, it seemed like we were waiting for like Uhtred to kill Ethel or, or Ethelfled to mm. kill Ethelred. And all of a sudden you had a death that wasn't so like, hooray. Yeah. It was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of I'm, I'm- cool to see you go out like that too. Yeah, I got I, the, some of the comments that I get that I that I receive about the show is that is that turn and just being like, why did we, what what did you do? <laughs> why did you make me like you a tiny bit? Yeah, um, it was yeah, really really grateful for those for those last few scenes. Yeah, um, yeah I wish I could I wish I could tell you about this, this stuff, but I can't. Uh, we understand but, it, but we'll yeah, be yeah. looking forward to when you can. Yeah, and uh, we'll definitely be keeping track of you because you've definitely. Um, earned our respect after we watched last kingdom as an actor and then Thanks, to see guys. you in some of the other stuff we're really excited for your future as well Absolutely. awesome thank you very much yeah so like to steve, talk to you. yeah it's great to talk to you as well and yeah. like steve said you'll have all your stuff linked below everybody else please continue to uh check out our talks we have more on the way and subscribe like follow us on instagram facebook all that stuff uh, we're on twitter now as well um but for now goubye from screen chronicles and Toby Rico. bye, bye. <laughs>